Welcome to the Berkeley Dialogues. This will be the last episode for the semester, and will be the last episode with uh, Noah and myself. Yes. Um, it's been great. And today we have as our guest um, Nicole. Hello. She's with. <laughs> she's out of the rhetoric department. Um, met Nicole on a panel on transfer day. Mm -hmm. You participated and uh, was um, found it very interesting. We had some good conversation. Took a couple jabs at each other in the tradition of our two disciplines. It was fun. <laughs> and uh, I'll let Nicole uh, introduce herself. Go ahead. All right. Um, my name is Nicole Hadas Valdez. I am a rhetoric major, concentrating in public discourse. And what that means is that I'm just not super emphasized image and narrative, which is the other option, as well as history and theory. In public discourse, we're a bit more concerned as to how policies or how um, rhetoric can compel a larger audience that can conglomerate as a public and the dynamics between, in, in my interest, science and technology and also how public policy would affect a group of people and how that dynamic um, is alive and active as opposed to what might be perceived as passive in the media. Yeah, that's what I do. Cool. <laughs> cool. So one of the things that you mentioned or you said during the um, presentation or during the during the panel mm -hmm. is uh, you were you were clear about there being some distinct differences between philosophy and rhetoric because a lot of people mix those two up. They're we all hang out at the same clubs, <laughs> you know, we read the same books. What is it that's different? And you had actually a list of things that were, uh, I do, I that, do. that uh, rhetoric entails. Can you, can you share some of that with us? Well, I'm generally when I explain rhetoric, um, I have to actually draw on philosophy because um, for my explanation, it's where, where philosophy wants to find an answer and utilizes logic to arrive at a conclusion. Rhetoric problematizes the systems that allow for the arrival and the conditions that take place. Um, so that we don't, we're not as concerned with the answer and the end itself, as opposed to the process that, um, that has produced it. And another difference I think um, is that rhetoric doesn't need to be right, like I said earlier, um, it, doesn't, it doesn't seek to be true because truth <laughs> as a production in itself is what we're more interested in and how that is perceived and how it can influence and the power that it entails. Um, and then I think another difference is that rhetoric must be concerned with um, the rhetoric of fill in the blank. Um, uh, and philosophy also has philosophy of fill in the blank as well. But I think philosophy is still more concrete than rhetoric is, um, just because rhetoric falls onto what is more abstract with thought and words. And yeah, we can go into text sometimes, but um, the fact that it draws on something very malleable and sometimes that doesn't want to be pegged. Like <laughs> a, a lot of theorists are always like, we don't want to write exactly what we're thinking or exactly what we're trying to say because then that would reveal the truth, right? So that, that concept in and of itself is something that rhetoricians try to play around with, I think. 
<laughs> so we're we're um, responsible for coming up with these systems, and then you're responsible for picking at them. Problematizing, poking, all the data deconstructing, um, and I, uh, even Plato, right? Destabilizing everything with that um, allusion to the horse that doesn't that doesn't allow the ground to settle because you don't want the polis to be stagnant to for for something that could be producing thought for something that could be progressing. Um, if 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 thought is, is becomes still, then I mean that's when the mosquitoes stick in the water, right? Still water, same thing. Cool. That was a lot there. <laughs> Horse, flies, mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, wow. um, but it's yes. Rhetoric doesn't like, uh, not that it doesn't like. Our our purpose as rhetoricians is not to allow for the ground to settle, for ideology to take over, and for these fabrications to encapsulate society and especially when we're studying Baudrillard and simulation simulacra which is I think quite timely in the age of social media and images taking over our world it's like distinct trying to understand the differences and the distinctions between the fabrications of reality that to a degree still present a truth it's just is it a truth that's imposed as a fabric and does not allow a people or a person to know the difference between what is outside of it, what is inside of it? So then that would be like a materializing of truth um, as opposed to being caught under the fabric and uh, not having a vision of what is outside. And then in that case, you go into aesthetics and <laughs> what is the problem with uh, beholding and the problem of disposition and how taste and judgments take place with Kant, um, and so that 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 kind of deal, I think, <laughs> it's kind of why we have to have a foundation in philosophy, wow. because we draw on so many mm -hmm. of philosophical topics and concepts that that is the foundation of our lexicon in order to pick at topics that are more modern today or Okay. One of the things that has been fascinating to me as a philosophy student mm -hmm. is um, it offers me an opportunity to, you know, it's like a lens mm -hmm. looking at the, um, the theories which are intended to explain how it is we have come to where we are today, right? Mm -hmm. And each different philosopher, they'll draw on the philosophers in the past and their inspiration that they find generally in the real world, mm -hmm. right? It's not to. Uh, it's not always necessary to apply, rather than it's there to explain a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, and that that can be useful. That's to be able to do that takes a lot of brain power. You have to use your imagination. You know, you have to uh, be willing to look at a problem beyond the surface level, mm -hmm. get deeper to it, to work at it. So I think that's one of the that's sort of. That's one of the goals of philosophy. That's how, that's kind of one of its purposes in the real world. Mm -hmm. Rhetoric, all right? So all these things that you've just explained, mm -hmm. how is it that we use that? How is that, what role does that play in our society? 
The role of rhetoric, I think, is at least from a public institution standpoint currently with our politics, we can see the power of sophistry uh, as far as our politics today, and that is a form of rhetoric. Um, it's like uh, the power is used to influence, the power is used to compel. And at a basic level and basic understanding of what rhetoric is, it's usually understood as what is effective and compelling speech. Um, mm -hmm. And I think if not any other time, it's, it's a big concern today to be able to see how one can utilize a very public or even a private platform, even if we're going to like tech industries and how they're utilizing their powers within um, a company culture, as opposed to a larger public platform like the government and the current politics today. Um, we are seeing more and more, especially with reporting, how rhetoric is used to influence opinions. And these opinions materialize to influence and to impact what is being passed. Um, it is used to contextualize problems that could have different logics and could be they, the fact that people are so polarized, um, I think, is an indicator of how rhetoric has created a larger separation. We have greater inequality, whether it's like the income gap or it's the party system. Everyone is, we're seeing this greater separation and that I think is probably why rhetoric is more important now than ever. Um, as far as um, science and policy works um, like with pharmaceuticals or with like um, genetic engineering, I think the rhetoric that we see around that as well is interesting as an indicator as how people are so apprehensive of um, our own tools and the potential of you know tool making um, and how that can manipulate a future. Because before when we were imagining, like when we were younger and we were thinking about screens everywhere, like the concept of an iPad when we were small, it's like, wow, it's so cool. You have like a paper and you can do everything on it and bring it to you with you wherever you want. And now that we're, ha that we have that sort of access and that we, that access means we can also, we can also come up with information and the information has to be articulated otherwise we get it in the form of a list or in the form of a database and even a database and a list there's like a topic at the top and that that the rhetoric of that topic will indicate an attitude towards a list um, so I think that's partially why it is quite important now and is it would it not be the case too that doesn't rhetoric kind of inform the process by which they come up with algorithms to mm -hmm. do a lot of the stuff that they do, yeah. such that they now have algorithms that do do reporting. Mm -hmm. Like uh, it's common now. It started in the early two thousands when you know sports desks in a in a news bureau stopped being manned by people, and there's yeah. actually they just throw a bunch of stats, and the computer comes up with a story. It's like computer generated reporting. We actually have a professor in the department, Professor David Bates, who is um, very interested in the rhetoric of artificial intelligence and machines. Um, and the, the language that machines produce 
and how they're able to to have form a dialectic with what is organic life and that I mean you can think about the Anthropocene in a sense kind of way but also um, if you cite like Donna Haraway's cyborg manifesto that that imagination of a future where machines and AI are able to integrate themselves and the possible abuse that can happen in the future as well because then when when I mean, in the future, when people are going to be studying the wars of the past with machines, now we still have more of a disconnect. But how much more disconnect will we disconnected will we be from from atrocities and <laughs> and all of these terrible things if if we're delegating that entirely onto beings that we've fabricated and that we've instilled this algorithmic understanding with our own bias so that we can carry out different agendas as well. So it imagines uh, the language, language and rhetoric, I think their capacities will only expand. And that's part of what's interesting with uh, machine theory and AI right now. Cool, cool. Um, we just had a, we got a, <laughs> Sarah was kind enough to join us. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah. This Everyone gets a shout out. Yeah, yeah. We want we want to be accountable here. Before the before the machines take over and do everything, we want to let people know that people are here. They're working. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole is with uh, she's a rhetoric major and a uh, interdisciplinary studies yeah. major. Uh -huh. She's graduating. Yeah. And we're we're uh, revisiting the old. Rivalry, rhetoric versus mm -hmm. philosophy. It's an old school <laughs> one. It's it, it's a really old rivalry. They're yeah. like really old texts about who who does what and what is better. Well, we all know who does better. <laughs> 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 but bigger does not mean better. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and we were just discussing like uh, what what are some of the roles that rhetoric plays today? How is it used? She did very. Uh, she broke down what rhetoric is, mm. so then moved out to what's the function, what's how Hopefully. is it used. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So and what do you study in philosophy? What do I study in philosophy? Yeah. We don't really have concentrations, right? No. I, mean, I wish we did. Though. Really? The funny thing yeah. is, is that the rhetoric department we is have honestly more appealing for me because you have more continental stuff taught to you. We do. Um, and so this <laughs> department. <laughs> for me, it hasn't, but you know, there's been some wonderful classes, like, um, I really like Aristotle, and I'm just in a Nietzsche class, I like that. I was also in a Nietzsche class. Oh, right, they teach that at yep. the same time, that's yep, funny, but I looked at your syllabus, and it's framed differently than how our class, like, we ended differently, but we started the same Interesting. In the text, yeah. How did, how was your, what was your experience with the Nietzsche, uh, the Nietzsche, yeah, that's a cool. I, I really liked it, um, she started out our professor started out with the birth of tragedy and then ended with the will to power um, as art. So it was all about, like, she framed the whole course with his views of art, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, it came full circle. Okay. But I know, I saw your syllabus, you ended with something else. We ended with Eke Homo. Okay, and right. We didn't read that. She th I think that was one of his crazy texts or something. Yeah. <laughs> so we just skipped it. How many books did you read overall? Mm. Um, 
Birth of Tragedy, Genealogy of Morals, That's with Zarathustra, um, Gay Science. Gay Science. And then Wolf she of said Power. There was some, yeah, Wolf of Power. Some of Schopenhauer's stuff yeah. thrown in. Schopenhauer kind of set the set the table, set the scene. Yeah. yeah. This is the this is the environment that produces Nietzsche. Yeah. yeah. We did that. We we read quite a bit. I think we read around eleven text of his mm. books in it, and supplemental texts. So. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I noticed was different. It was wild. Professor Porter is an excellent Nietzsche scholar, and his writings on Nietzsche I think are very beautiful. But um, the course itself was a bit more discursive in nature yeah. so we would be held accountable for our readings independently and come in expected to know what we read mm-hmm. and ready to contribute to mm-hmm. wherever the discussion went and it was <laughs> it was wild at points we've had we had like legitimate fights in the class between a mm-hmm. few of the larger I characters I probably started <laughs> I, I'll leave it I'm so glad that know, we know I, I'm very good friends with him oh cool with them oh. <laughs> with them oh my gosh so. I'll cut oh. it out it's okay I'll cut that part out yeah I, I, I uh huh yeah there but actually it was not just them there, there was there were four or five larger characters um, all all larger um, <laughs> but some of the discussions were very productive as well to the point where Professor Porter was taking notes on us and that was really? pretty fun too because it's like he, he <laughs> it was fruitful the amounts that we were I guess challenging each other within the text but yeah we, we did end off with Ege Homo um, and I ended up writing my final paper on Nietzsche and Wagner because I was oh, okay, like super yeah. obsessed with the relationship. Really? And at that point when I was writing, I was like, okay, Nietzsche, you're cool, but like, can you just stop this beef already? <laughs> um, so that was, I think, fun for me to trace. I cried when I turned that paper in. It was my last paper. Oh. When I hit submit, I got yeah. pretty sad about it. Mm. You're like, I'm not I'm that sad about I'm it. I'm probably going to be that way next year. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Enjoy your last year then. Yeah, I will. On average, what like class size? Like, how many people are in like the upper div class for rhetoric? Because I know at least for philosophy, it's like you know fifty ish. Really? Yeah, at least for me. Yeah. But then they stop showing up, so I have to. Yeah. 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 After week two. Yeah. It drops down. It's just like a discussion. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Week. Well, I think first of all, attendance is super mandatory. <laughs> <laughs> I think every professor has found a way to incorporate participation into <laughs> the grading system. So if you don't show up, you're kind of screwed for a good amount of your grade. Uh, it uh, goes up to like sometimes 30%. Wow. Yeah. Well, because we have like discussions. Which we do too. Oh, re- okay, we have discussions both. as well. Okay. Um, but no, people have to show up and to be both. present and yeah, um, engage in the well, sometimes, not all the time. Very seldom will you have a professor that doesn't count attendance, and in those cases, usually the midterms and the finals are so hard that you're just, you should probably show yeah. up. Um, the average upper div course size is tricky because it depends on the course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have been in classes where it's ended up with eight of us. I've been in classes oh. where it's ended up with 30 of us. Um, Obviously, at the beginning, it usually starts off a little more, like the 30, 40, um, mm-hmm. and then people drop out. 
people drop out, especially after like the first, second midterm, if they don't think they're going to get a grade that is favorable. But generally, rhetoric does not. Now, general generally, philosophy and rhetoric aren't aren't the most generous with grades. So, I I think that's why our departments are similar. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, our attendance is generally mandatory. Which I, I, I enjoy because our professors are fun and with the smaller discussions, mm-hmm. our department is also fairly small. So it, when you walk through it, it, everyone feels a bit like a family uh, with the exception of maybe two professors who I've never seen. Um, but everyone else, they all hang out, talk. Um, some people bring like their children in. Um, everyone's very friendly and accessible. And office hours, we'll... At least for me, I have like a squad in every class where we will bombard office hours. Whether or not we have like real questions, we'll be there just so we can listen to more. Um, so I think that's fun. Yeah. Um, do you have a lot of um, people from other majors come take you, taking regular classes? We do, and I think we have a lot of double majors as well. Okay. We have a lot of doubles with the STEM that n- need to feed in their creative humanity side. Um, in Nietzsche, actually, we have a few uh, math double majors. Um, we have a lot of MCB double majors, which is the molecular cellular biology. Um, one of our faculty, one of um, the, not professors, what is right under the, the lecturers, one of our lecturers, he was MCB for undergrad here. So everyone, and we have a professor that was math um, for his master's and has multiple masters. So our faculty have a very diverse background and I think that's why we're able to offer the courses in so many different areas of interest. Um, And that really does speak volumes as to how rhetoric can impact different areas and why we have a lot of double majors. I haven't met very many people that are only pure rhetoric, which mm. um, I that's why I described rhetoric as like a bionic arm. If you have something else, it's so much better, <laughs> so much better. <laughs> um, and for me, that's why I'm rhetoric with ISF, because I'm very interested in informatics and information systems. That's what I'm good at. This is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm just a data geek, like by trade. Um, that's just what I've done. It's your nature. I am mechanized. <laughs> I'm a machine. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. So <laughs> back to the story. I um. So that's like what I've always done and what I'm interested in. So the fact that I've applied rhetoric to information systems and databases really got me thinking about the ethics in which how we accumulate and how we farm information and how the the power of the number as an aesthetic presence, how statistics are formulated. Like, I've never liked how statistics works. The second I learned about degrees of freedom, I was like, so that just means we never have answers. Okay. Because uh, you always have the probability that something won't, you know? Yeah. So um, I think that's, that's how I got into rhetoric and then now super into classics also um <laughs> when we go through the platonic text like i had so much fun with the gorgias yeah, <laughs> yeah. um 
yeah so that's that's that was my entryway with logic but now that i'm here it's it's everything else too yeah. mm-hmm. it's a big party all the time learning is fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah philosophy is a lot of crying yeah. Crying? Yeah. <laughs> crying? Why crying. I'll cry? Honestly, I kind of relate with argument maps. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I've had to construct argument maps. Are those like truth tables? No, no. those are better. Oh, yeah. Truth tables are uh, pretty like matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. Let's just compared to other argument maps are. It's, yeah, it's hard to explain. No, it's, I don't know how to. It's just like an art. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what a collage is? Do you know what a collage is? It's a collage. Okay. It's a collage of thoughts. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so for us in rhetoric, when we when we draw on collage, it's usually in like the image context, and no, that's not my area. No. Okay. No. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> we, we won't. Do that. <laughs> no, okay, yeah, we don't need to play. That it. sounds lovely though. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my <laughs> it area. <laughs> it's like no? just not. I, that's oh, not so my stuff. Oh, so there's different concentrations. Yeah. Was this discussed before I came? Yeah. No. Briefly. Oh. Different concentrations. Yeah, different concentrations. Different concentrations? Yeah. Oh. We didn't go through which There's what? Which like, one? is there, like, a political rhetoric? And so that's public discourse. Okay. Um, public discourse is generally where... Yeah, you don't have to be pre-law, but usually pre-law students are in public discourse just because we do a lot of political theory and judicial yeah. philosophy, and that's fun. And, um, Professor Constable, Miriam Constable, she's an amazing, amazing authority on those texts. Um, and then we have image and narrative, and in that area, they obviously play a lot with the world of imagery, um, not just old paintings, but also like social media images and um, forms of narrative. So that could even be scientific narrative and how different areas are portrayed, and, uh, and like you have mythology as well under that. Um, and then we have history and theory, which most of the professors in that area are like the tech ones. So they will do language um, and like storage of unit as writing um, uh, and then memory and playing along with that. So that's pretty wild. But then we have other areas for history as well. So it just depends on who's teaching what mm-hmm. and their little spin on it. But it's cool because you really get to hang out with whatever professor's area is. But you guys don't have concentrations. Why? There's so much in philosophy. You can't just like be a philosopher, right? Um, I'm, I'm operating on that premise. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know how many major requirements you have. We only have twelve. Yeah. But the thing is, like, each class is a lot of time. I'm sure it's yeah. the same way. Like when you're reading really hard things. Yeah. Um. So I feel like we what we don't have enough course yeah. offerings to yeah. then they want us to have a solid foundation. Of yeah. like a very wide range. I think it for some reason it must make us more attractive for I'm thinking it's more attractive for grad school or something sure. to have a larger spread or something. I, I don't know well, what I their think, thinking yeah. is, but I think grad school is where you choose your yeah. concentration. I guess, right? Yeah, but I did th- I do think it'd be nice if yeah, I could just no, choose yeah. a concentration. But yeah. I think if you only are able to take twelve courses and then there's so many different requirements. Yeah in the different fields of philosophy. So how does that work usually? Like, what's your general course schedule? If you could do that. Three three classes a semester. Okay. I'm in four. 
can't take. I took four. But I mean, if you take, because it's 12, it's 12 you're required to take. Yeah. So if you're here for two years, you yeah. transfer here. Right. The idea is you take three classes a semester and you should be able to graduate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In four, four semesters. And all the courses that you've taken are usually, or at least what have you taken? I just say, I've just taken the, uh, the general survey ones, like uh, ancient philosophy, modern philosophy. I took a course in uh, philosophy of language, philosophy of mind. Mm -hmm. Those two could be, uh, you can do something in epistemology or metaphysics will also meet that requirement. Um, mm -hmm. Something in history, I took Aristotle. Um, we have to take methods, we have to take logic 12A, which is that. introduction, introduction yeah. logic, yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah, but were you in Professor Yossi? I had Yossi's class. He makes logic yeah. fun. Yeah. Yes. If you're not yes. oriented towards it, because yeah. I, I really appreciated his teaching style yeah. a lot. Yeah, that guy was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. But um, I think that I think that the, the the goal for the philosophy department here is to have us to give us fundamentals, to be sound with fundamentals of philosophy, how to do philosophy, how to produce philosophy. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of really uh. It could be seem kind of monotonous, yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. really rigorous because they're, they're really strict on it. Mm -hmm. um, it's not that you can just identify the structure. You have to explain it. Yeah. You have to be able to justify it, yeah. and it has to make sense. It has to be uniform. Mm -hmm. You can't, I mean, that's why I, that's why I say, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty tough. Mm -hmm. And then we come in and wreck it. Yeah, but we laugh at you while you do it. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh at ourselves while we do it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's why you invite like other responses to like critical theory, right? That's what we do at least. Um, we have our courses in the concentrations, but we still have to take courses um, in the other concentrations. At least one in each. Um, and then our required courses, we have um, two sequences that are surveys. So we have history of reason and then the one that I'm in now 20 um, it depends on also who's teaching it and my professor teaches it more of an image course because she's her area is intellectual property mm -hmm. um, law she's also she teaches law um, <laughs> and so that's that that's how that sequence has taken place and then the other one the 103 series a is ancient philosophy or classical philosophy and then we have modern so those courses are very rigorous because we cover different texts every week. Like not even, not even the same week will we have, we'll have like four different texts per week sometimes. Hmm. So yeah. we read a lot. Well, I mean, you read a lot too, but s sometimes it's difficult when you're coming out of a survey course and heading to an upper div and you're just like, trying to reorient your brain towards the, the text and you're like, okay, your brain has to come up to speed a little bit. Yeah. That part's difficult, but it's part of it. And then with being a double, I have to like remove myself from abstraction every once in a while to come back in sometimes takes me a second. But it's fun once you're there, it just <laughs> takes a second. It's like, wow, okay, I'm, I'm with scholars and intellectuals now. Behave. <laughs> Behave. Yeah, because when you're in like data or informatics, it's like you're just mostly coding things. 
Uh-huh. You're in systems. You're you're in systems. You're in the very system <laughs> that rhetoric problematizes. Not necessarily like capitalism, but in a sense, you're accumulating things, uh-huh. information and data. So, like sometimes I'm in it, sometimes I'm not. I try to be out of it, but that's the greatest illusion, a la Zizek. So there we go. He's a lot. Yeah. My roommate's reading his rhetoric right now. He read it at Chaya. Oh uh, yeah. She's a senior. Yeah. No, me too. Wait, who do you have? Who's your roommate? Elsie. Mm-hmm. I love her. Oh, you know her. Yes. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, she texted me. She's like, Sarah, you're gonna be so happy. I'm, I'm reading Zizek for my class. And like, I studied with her two days ago because our oh, final was yesterday. Oh, oh. Eight to eleven. Yeah, she said it was good though. She said it was pretty easy. No, it was fine. It was just eight. Oh yeah, that's. that's I, Eight in the morning, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cruelty. I like, huh? The night before we were studying, um, and then that morning I, I left around ten here because I commute. The next morning I set my alarm for six. I apparently hit snooze because I couldn't fall asleep because my brain was still going. Yeah. So I took Nyquil. Right. This is a big mess. <laughs> big mess. <laughs> Woke up at six. Apparently, I do not remember this. Turned off my alarm. My brother comes into my room at seven. He's like, Cole. Your final is at eight. I was like, uh oh. I like ran, just like oh brushed my, my teeth, went to the bathroom, and warmed up my coffee. Came here ten minutes to spare because no traffic. <laughs> Bless. I sat down and I was like, I'm not reviewing anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was a. That class was a lot. I'm sure you've heard. It was like on the image. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. With a lot of intellectual property. Yeah, you read. Didn't you have to read the stamp act or yeah. something? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, and then something about Instagram. Yeah. At one point. Yeah. Yeah. No, we read so much in that class, and it was everywhere. Literally everywhere. Yeah, we did. Gosh, who did we? St- we started with Marx. Yeah. Right. As we all great things do. That's your department. They love one specific Marx text, which is German ideology, and then Communist Manifesto. I love German ideology. Our department likes Das Kapital. Okay, sure. They make you read like the first chapter, right? Like the one on the commodity and everything. Oh, I have that literally memorized. Yeah, at this point. <laughs> but I think it's interesting the selection of texts that your department chooses from those people, from what I've seen. Uh, it's my roommate. It's not that. It's not that we're not supposed to know the rest. It's that no, we should be no, able yeah. to literally cite the entirety of what we've been assigned. So, yeah, it's. I'm very over Das Capital. I was over it my first. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first chapter. No, I've read the whole thing, like, in multiple classes. The whole thing? Yeah. Yeah, I took a social theory class for my ISF requirement. Read it there. okay, you read, like, Durkheim and whatever and Marx and that class. That was not a thing. That's a great class. I didn't like it. Okay. Well, <laughs> you're like the two majors I should have been. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know when I was a freshman. It's okay. And so I was like, <laughs> that was a that's wild. That's what I want to be reading, to be honest. So that well, Durkheim was fun. Weber, eh. Weber's cool. Protestant morality. Yeah, it's it's a, that's a wild wild thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't like the biggest fan, but. Yeah, no, commodity fetishism, literally everyone yeah. has to, inside and out, exchange value, blah, blah, blah. 
also read the rest of it in other chapters. I, I yeah, actually, now that you've mentioned it, I don't think my fellow Rhetoricians know the rest of the chapters. But I mean, it's a thousand pages, so I doubt like a class would be like, "All right, class, today <laughs> we're gonna go through this thousand-page text that critiques economics." No, I accepted that. Yeah, that makes sense. That major is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's build your own, except for like the core. Yeah, 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 in the core. But no, I'm I'm a big fan of German ideology, and I think actually mm-hmm. now that you've pointed it out, that's a pretty good bit of what rhetoric tries to kill mm. that veil of ideology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah. Which is fun, but there's also like, well, that's why Zizek's annoying, because he's like, but it's... Why? Because he's like, well, the fact that you even recognize it is you're living in like a second-order ideology. Yeah. I mean, he has like, have you seen any of his movies? He has some funny movies. Yeah. And he like uses films in that. The, have you seen They Live? Like it's a movie yeah. about sunglasses, and he's like that represents ideology, and we don't want to put on the sunglasses, so we like we don't want to see the true character of the world or like social relations governing our lives, yeah. so we don't put on the glasses. And then that's why there's this scene where they beat each other up, because he's begging his friend to put on the glasses, and Zizek has like this really good analysis of that whole movie. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's a little cuckoo. <laughs> a little. At this point, he's gone off the deep end, but early. <laughs> no, have you looked him up? He, he's, he just did that debate with Jordan Peterson. That, that was, like, one viral. was so that much. Viral. So that was much. him. But uh, also, he I, cited I Mao terrible. in, like, one speech that I was watching. I was watching him before. Yeah, he's read everything. I mean, he's like, and the one thing he cites from Mao in this speech, he's like, just fart, just let go, you'll feel much better. <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he says really weird things. He's fun. Yeah. I don't know. He looks like a just say no to cocaine ad. Yeah. I, 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 I don't that. think he's actually doing that. I just think he's hyperactive. Yeah. I don't know. You think so? I mean, I, don't, I, know. I, I, saw, I saw that debate. Yeah. And it was like 30 minutes in, and it was like. It was just so bad. It, it was, was both of them. Both of them were just like. Whoa, what is the point he of this? orchestrated it, too. I mean, it was not good. It didn't flow correctly. Jordan Peterson's, re- like, just trying to take down a 40-page pamphlet by Marx, and then Zizek's like, I'm not really going to talk about him. I'm actually just going <laughs> to talk about capitalism. And then they're both, like, totally not on the same page, and Jordan Peterson's just a total idiot. I don't know why Zizek would put himself on a stage with him, but Just so whatever. he could hang out. It was really bad. No, I saw it. I was like, yeah. I got kind of cringe at it many was, times. It was awful. Yeah. yeah. I could have been watching cat videos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really could have been watching cat videos. I liked Shizek until he was like, oh, French theorist. And then he bashes on Derrida, and I was like, that's yeah, personal. That's the one that got that personal. In rhetoric because we all love him in that department. <laughs> <laughs> Every rhetoric major I know is like, the text, our relation to the text, the text speaks on its own. And I'm like, oh my god, what are they like doing to <laughs> Like, I don't know, it's so strange. But, um, I mean, actually, though, I love that everyone in that department is super passionate about it because, like, here. There's like a few of us that are really into it, and then the rest are like, "Yeah, I hate this." But like when I meet a rhetoric, uh, when I meet a rhetoric major, they're like going off about the relation to the text and stuff like that. So I don't know. We're such nerds in that department. Yeah, 
But it's good. Well, it yeah. takes a special, special <laughs> person to, like, be attracted to rhetoric in the first mm-hmm. place. And so the fact that we've, like, stuck with it, you know, yeah. also says something. And then yeah. the fact that all of us, you know, get pretty excited about <laughs> it. That says something else. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it outside of class, too. <laughs> yeah. And we do that with philosophy, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's I like, uh, I had one of, our, one of our classmates, her boyfriend, hang out hang out with us one night and then he wouldn't hang out with us again and he told her he told her you know what I'm, I'm majoring in French when we're done in class we don't talk about it we don't talk about <laughs> class anymore goes, you guys all you ever talk about is philosophy that's so funny it's true I didn't even think about it until someone says that and I'm like oh, damn yeah. like, we really do do that well, I think that's just like having meaningful conversation too, I like feel like I never point. get anywhere though when I really? when I get in arguments yeah. about it yeah, well, yeah. It's or it's all crazy, yeah. or just, it's too, I don't know. It's we hard. don't really argue, we just discourse, and we're like, anyways. Well, some of you guys argue. Yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think when we looked at each other, we thought about the same person. Um, I think we're all thinking about the same we person. We all know this person. Oh, my. I'm going to send this person the link. <laughs> oh, I'm very excited. Um, Um, my friends also, my friends outside of the department at least, when they see how we study or hang out, because I mean, I suppose every time we hang out, rhetoricians, when rhetoricians, <laughs> when they hang out, they study uh, just because that's what we talk about, right? Yeah. And then if anyone from the outside comes in on it, they're just like, y'all are weird. <laughs> like, really weird. Yeah. Oh well. Weird is cool though. Yeah. I think so. I'm, I'm old enough to remember when weird wasn't cool. That was like, that was the thing that got you beat up. Really? Yeah, yeah. We just kind of had to stay silent and suffer. Yeah. Is that weird or nerd? Because I've always wanted. They're kind of interchangeable. Okay. Back in that time, <laughs> they, there was this whole cluster of of uh, names that you were given that kind of were interchangeable. Mm. Do you want to reflect on that a little bit? <coughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. No, not really. Bell tolls. <laughs> I think three of us are going to be gone after tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, graduation. Graduation. I'm going to go. And then I'm also going to go to rhetoric graduation. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Your roommate yeah. said that she picked between the other, her double major and this one because they're at the same yeah, time. Yeah, psychology. Like, oh, really? Yes. Yeah. When is it? Is it Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. At like 4 p.m. to group. Oh, she gave me a completely wrong time. <laughs> she told me to <laughs> <laughs> so. No, it's Wednesday. Um, and my my other department is at nine in the morning that day. So I told all my friends and family, I was like, no, don't come to the nine a.m. one. Just come to the after. They'll wake up. I don't think they'll listen. Will they listen? No, they will. Oh, <laughs> my family will not listen. No, probably not. No, I uh, my even for the larger commencement tomorrow though. Yeah, that one. I hope it doesn't rain. Though. It's going to. I know it's going. It's like. I hope it stops at to. four. Oh. Yeah, because. Yeah, I didn't know philosophy does it on the same day, or is it yeah, different every no, day? No, I think it's on. I think. It's is it on the Greek? Is it the Greek theater? Or? No, the uh, faculty. faculty. Oh. It's quite pretty. Yeah, but they move nice. it. They move it inside, and you're not allowed as many guests yeah. if it's inside. Oh, it so am I not going to be able to get in? No, I think I think Janet was saying you can like, they're not going to be a lot of seats but like people can stand I guess yeah okay 
So. Zyber and Zerg are partly Silverwood. I don't, yeah, I don't. I, I think, think we have about the same size. Really? We have about 200 people in the Department of Philosophy majors. Oh, really? Yeah, we're like half of that. Really? Yeah. So, how many people are in your class graduating? Probably going to be around 60. Yeah, that's, that's your that, class. Your know. class is 60. Really? Where do you, where can I find that number? Or I guess I don't I'll know. see you tomorrow. You just told me by a faculty oh, really? member. They were like, this is the biggest. It's like 62. Interesting. Oh, right. I always thought you were so much bigger. No. We have a lot of people in our classes, though. So, well, I guess because everyone from different, you know, majors takes their classes. So, I honestly thought that you guys were at least like a couple hundred. Yeah. No, there's that many people in the department who are who are philosophy majors. Mm -hmm. It's about two hundred. Mm, no, like I thought it was larger than that, like five or six hundred. Yeah, nah. <laughs> nah. It's popular, though. I th at least, uh, I mean, philosophy. Philosophy here is like very cool. Really? Yeah. yeah, I get that. I get that a lot from my majors who are not philosophy majors. <laughs> They're like, that's hard. Yeah. No, the same. I don't know. Hey, yo, respect. Like, oh, I took a lower division for like a requirement for like an, a philosophy values requirement, and I'm I'm never going to take another one of those classes. He just read from slides, and the course readings were so dense, like, and then they say they respect. <laughs> so I think it's just I think something about the lower divs makes people run away yeah. because the people that come here like in transfer usually love it yeah or at least I, I don't know I wish I tripled it triple wow yeah jeez I don't know maybe so, maybe that wouldn't have been that hard either because I'm gonna imagine some of that stuff a lot of crossover yeah. crossover yes, yeah there is yeah the material is probably very similar. Just the way you write your papers yeah. is probably quite different. I think, yeah, I, think that, I think what we're looking for is something is is different than what you yeah. do as well. Yeah. Because yeah. the idea of reading that many texts, because yeah. we read quite a bit. Yeah. But the idea is to read it and then reread it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you mm -hmm. give them too much, you can't understand. You won't be able understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like I said, sometimes our prompts will be, "This is someone so says this." It's not right three to five page essay about what, what that's what that means yeah <laughs> our papers tend to be longer yeah. Ours, like yeah. eight ten eight to ten yeah and so you'll be putting strong. like thinkers in conversation mm -hmm. so like that's Foucault and Marx this is true oh, really? yeah well, they're cool. much broader well that's I think once once you said that you only drawn one yeah <laughs> and we drawn like three to five yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then we we figure out basically at least in our survey courses, that's the biggest thing that they try to emphasize is making um, the the people trying to declare uncomfortable with putting them into conversation with each other. That's if basically if everyone was in a room, like what would they say and how would they say it and who would hang out with who and who would hate who type <laughs> of deal. Yeah, we're pretty into that. Yeah, I I thought about you when um I friend had a friend I sent them a link to one of our one of the episodes. Mm -hmm. And they sent me a response back, and they said, uh, they gave me these tips for the debate that we were having. I was like, well, we weren't having a debate. <laughs> That's number one. And we're not taking tips either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a, what was going on there was not something where somebody is supposed to be coming out a victor mm -hmm. and someone else is a vanquished. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know no. what I mean? It was just, we were having a conversation where I think that we've come, we've become accustomed to the rhetoric kind of style where you you are literally trying to dismantle what somebody else is saying yeah. and like, 
That's not all rhetoric, kid stuff. That's how I that's how I characterize it because it helps me sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> I do you do I'm you? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, I think I think what would be cool is if peace were a little more emphasized yeah. as like maybe a rhetoric of peace. I think that would be a very fun course offering if ever possible. We have the rhetoric of movement. Um, and that one is a, a bit more on actual activity and how body language is effective and how that can be influential. But I think it would be interesting to see that that side. Because rhetoric is often usually associated with louder, bigger, mm-hmm. a lot. And not always. You don't have to be quiet. A lot mm-hmm. of it's listening. Most of it's mm-hmm. listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. So, how, okay, I just have a question about the department. How, like, diverse are the classes that are being offered? Because I know at least within the philosophy department that there's kind of a big thing on, like, diversity within the classes. I so, would, what do you mean by diversity? Like in topics? Yeah. Uh, no, well. Are you just saying like incorporating thinkers? Yeah. Of co- like people of color yeah. into yeah. syllabus yeah. and things like that. Yeah. I think because our faculty is also mm-hmm. diverse themselves, yeah, yeah. Um, we have a good amount of thinkers that can be true. Like I've re- read Chakrabarti a lot, um, and then a lot of women as well, like Ethan Hills, Don Haraway. And we do have uh, Professor Chea, he's chair of the Asian East Asian Department, and he has courses on post-colonial literature. So cool. Yeah. So cool. Um, And you you could pretty much find a good amount of diversity, whether depending on whatever context you're looking Mm -hmm. for, you you should be able to find it. Even course-wise, you could have tech, you could have classical theory. But I think it'd be so cool if we could recommend classes, because the rhetoric of peace would be so fun. <laughs> uh, something a bit more like happy days instead of doomsday. Not that everything has to be terrible, because we're stuck in capitalism. <laughs> eh. um, yeah. No. Stuck in capitalism. Yeah, but at least your department acknowledges that that's a problem. Oh, your our department is very apolitical because it's philosophy. Ah. So, and it's analytic philosophy, which is apolitical for the most part. Ah. But thinks it is. Yeah, it, th- it thinks <laughs> it is. You're right. You're right. It thinks it is, but by thinking it is, that is an act. Yeah. Uh huh. Interesting. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, we're very analytic, so like arguing, argumentation about like if premises, like you know entail a conclusion. So you're more on the technics then. We fall fall back to the default position of philosophy, and the default position of philosophy is European, (laughs) male, Uh and white. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, and and Christian. Mm -hmm. So, everything falls back to that. Hmm. We have a lot of, like, thought. Not that? (laughs) But we also we also draw on them too because they they are foundations. Yeah. So. 
you can yeah. see what's come up from it, but then it's necessarily modern or contemporary. It's, it's kind of it's kind of infuriating for people like me because it is it's very interesting and, and like I said before, it, you're able to see these different approaches to try to explain the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. However, it's only through that one lens, mm-hmm. and it's always through that one lens, mm-hmm. and. It's been like a real struggle to try to get um, the department to recognize that that's not the only lens, you know? Mm-hmm. There's there's other ways to approach this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Dwinnell, you'll talk for? We'll yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I've, I've heard, so I've heard. Uh, I suppose that's where multiple lenses come in quite handy. Yeah. But at the same time, you, you have, I think, stronger frameworks. Like, you're very fluent in your what you study. Yes. I could <laughs> stutter fluently. <laughs> I haven't learned much this summer. Oof. Because if you're taking a survey course, it's on a dense topic. Yeah. It just goes over my head. But the history of philosophy courses, I think I, I learned the most in because you're studying one thinker for an entire semester. Yeah. That's and that's when I think I, I do learn. Yeah. Aristotle was great. Yeah, I loved Aristotle. Yeah. Aristotle I loved that. No, that was the one thing that we did not read. <laughs> Rude. We didn't read that. We even read like a little bit of his poetics, yeah. but not. We read poetics, but not the rhetoric. Uh, I know, I, I know. You guys read that a lot. No, just no? The, our, one of our survey oh, course, courses okay. requires it. Just one of them. Mm-hmm. I haven't encountered it any other time. Hmm. Although, outside of the survey courses, I don't come into too much contact with Aristotle. More, really? more Plato. More, more oh, okay. Plato. Because Plato is the one who famously said that, uh, or his account of Socrates is that he wouldn't write anything down because uh-huh. you're like then it, you're 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 stuck to that position. Exactly. You're, 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 you have to defend it. Yeah, you're defending it forever, mm-hmm. and it's constantly changing. Yep, and that that when we when we analyze words like in their context too. My uh, this is wild. I'm so evil. My biggest goal this semester. The way I make things fun for me, like by myself, <laughs> all alone and stuff, I will come up with some weird challenge. So this semester, my challenge to myself was to get each professor and GSI that I have to use the word lit in terms of what it means today. I succeeded with like most of them. I think I only didn't get two of them to use it. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like actually, I got them to do it like during class or in an email. I just like, just like do this for them. Time on a rhetorical analysis of the word lit. No, 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 no. I will be like it's lit, and then like they'll respond back like you is email it? Your <laughs> There's like a greater. I think she's serious. <laughs> and I've gotten like my wow. GSI. Oh, I've gotten my GSI to use it as an example. <laughs> it was so great. So yeah, you gotta do things, you know, to keep things spicy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was my biggest goal this semester. <laughs> I was like, I'm graduating soon. Go bigger goal. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. I've yeah. I've done other things too. One of my goals that I haven't succeeded in is to get a selfie with all of my professors. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. I really want to, though. I have a chance I Wednesday. I, 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 can't even, I can't even. Yeah, I, I don't even think that would be a possibility. So. I can't even, because I can't even, like, I can't even come up with the, what that would look like in my head. 
I have a few group photos for classes that we'll take really? at the end of the semester. Yeah. So we get pretty close to time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Yeah. I, could, I think I could see that. But, like, selfies, like, that's... No, it's going to happen. Yeah. I still have Wednesday. So Wednesday, I can try it. I can do it. All right. I'm going to be on the lookout to see what that how that comes <laughs> out. I'll keep you posted. Please, you. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, especially, like, yeah. No. The, 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 the professors, yeah, definitely. Gotta be sneaky. Uh, this is it's, it's, this has been very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'm an intellectual, but I graduated. <laughs> but, but I finished finals yesterday, so I'm done. You're done with that. I'm like so done. You clocked out. Back to the real world. That's another thing in the German ideology. Our boy Marx, long live all hail, says. The most difficult thing for a philosopher is to come into the language of real life or to come down from abstraction, yeah. 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 I, love, I love rhetoric and the humanities, but now I have to go play and make mommy proud and that kind of deal. Yeah. And that's not usually in theory, that's usually in practice. <laughs> so um, I, there's, there's something to say about the unfortunate nature of thinking productive explicitly so I'm gonna try to figure something out cuz I'm pretty nervous I think my brain is gonna die no I don't think so I mean it will eventually yeah but like unless we're embodied <laughs> yeah unless we're in a matrix <laughs> yeah, and we're embodied yeah. and we have no way of knowing but don't worry because even if we're embodied the world around us will most likely like be the same <laughs> Right? We can hold on to our beliefs, actually, according to Chalmers, right? Did you do the reading? No, you didn't. Okay. I, I was one of probably two or three people that did every reading for my metaphysics class, and I don't think it helped me. But I really, like, did the readings. I did. Good job. Yeah. I'm one of those people, too. And then I try in class, and they're like, no. No. Well, that 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 was that class was just an exception. I feel like for my whole college career. No. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he will? There's no way, right? He's he's right next door. I, but they don't know about the podcast and stuff, right? Yeah, they do. They probably don't listen to it though. That, I like that's probably the, the class. Case. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not a fan of the level system. That's just that's all. What is a level system? <laughs> It's the, the argument, argument map. map. Oh, oh, back about. to this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we used it in like the Is it like a heat map? You know, like where the intensity of an argument is located. I don't know. It's it's like you start with a you start with like the conclusion thing or the yeah what it's arguing for, and then there are different like branches <laughs> that have different parts of the argument, and it's like support. And you trace or, it. Yeah, kind of. It's pretty like this is how we would write an essay like. The topic would be that the professor puts up on page blah this philosopher says this like one sentence mm -hmm. and then the argument is in the scope of one paragraph and he's like construct this argument in a map to show how it logically like is argued for and you're supposed to be able to like write a paper on that if you wanted to That's and it would be about I've done this before like you literally pick a premise of like one paragraph the whole paper and you write a paper mm -hmm. on that seems constraining 
Yeah, I mean, it's very focused on argumentation, like we were saying. It's just, yeah. like, really about that. Y'all should be called rhetoric if rhetoric is argumentation. There's lots of people say that, and it's like, mm. no, not really. Mm. Mm-hmm. No. Our papers uh, usually provide a lot more liberty, and generally, well, in the upper dips at least, professors will want you to tie it into um, something relevant to today something that you're interested in it just so they can see how you would apply a framework or be, be able to make it practical mm. yeah. but we have a lot of freedom and most professors will even let you create your own prompt um, if you clear it with them first yeah. we have some professors like that yeah, yeah. yeah. more yeah. with like finals as well with yeah. finals yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you're, like, and yeah. Well, because I think uh, Clark did that with both of his. He gave the options. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, similarly, um, I love Professor Clark. Yeah. I think yeah. Shun does, too, yeah. on a lot of his, where he'll let you negotiate something. Mm-hmm. But what you're describing, I think, is what a lot of people who come into the philosophy department think philosophy yeah, is going to yeah, do. Because yeah. they think we're going we're gonna to be able to explore all this stuff. And you know what? It's not about what you feel. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not about that's, that. That's <laughs> oh, is that why you cry? <laughs> yeah. That's why you cry in the corner because you can't. You're, you in the corner. Yeah. There's already people in the damn corner. <laughs> <laughs> you right. You right. Okay. Oh. No. I mean, you you can cry on the inside without having to be something that's expressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we're emotional. Maybe yeah, you some guys are. are. I don't feel very emotional. Literally, the most emotion that I express is when I turned in my Nietzsche paper. Like, I have not felt. Did you do a presentation on the last day? Not on the last oh, okay. day. I did presentations, though. Mm-hmm. Through in the middle of the semester. Yeah. I went the same day as this English PhD student, and I was like, uh, I'm supposed to, like. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. I couldn't go last. <laughs> like, he was very like concise, eloquent, very uh, right. He's a beautiful. He he's a literal published poet with like awards and stuff. And I'm like, hey everybody, how y'all doing tonight? That's interesting. <laughs> In different words, <laughs> like I said. That's nice though that you did presentations and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Much more interactive, right? Yeah, and I did mine. I think on the genealogy. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, you got to pick. Essay or just um, the whole thing? No, I did. I did section two. I think of it. Okay. Yeah. Section two of it. Um, and yeah. So is basically, that like the guilt one. Yeah. And debt. I thought yeah. that was interesting. That was very tracing fun. the origins of the words. That was fun. Super cool. And then also, we're basic for our presentations. It's basically like you're taking over lecture for that day. Okay. Um, cool. So wow. you get to facilitate discussion <laughs> as well. Nice. Yeah. We have to do. We have to go to fill form to do that. <laughs> I d- haven't gone all semester. Yeah. I would get an email about the topic, and I'm like, mm, sounds very sciencey. Sounds very mathy. No. <laughs> so you yeah. guys are also fairly concerned with the the STEM. Uh, well, no. the topic is the uh, the individual presenter gets to pick whatever they want to talk about, uh-huh. and then make a presentation. I don't generally fall into that group of people that, sh- that uh, yeah. Sarah's describing. I do stuff outside of that. Yeah. Okay. I do kind of crazy stuff. Like? 
I did the first one I did was essentially a book report on a on the on the Declaration of Independence. Really? Yeah. The second one I How'd did. How did you sing that? Huh? How did you swing that? Like, what what was the lens for you? I was just talking about it. How uh, this one author had had reduced it down to essentially a plagiarism of of uh, of Locke, the mm. Declaration of Independence, any any sites where it's all at. Mm. And he talks about its influence, and it, it was interesting because the guy was writing in 1920, which is in the wake of World War One. And at that time, communism was very different, was a very different thing yeah. than it is now. Yeah, yeah. Right? It, it didn't have all the stigma that it has now. So that this guy felt comfortable enough to let his uh, work get critiqued by, by communist thinkers from the United States at that time. Wow. And he responded to their critiques of it. And it was interesting because it seems that uh, the Declaration of Independence actually has like a positively influenced a lot of Marxist thinkers. That really? He, yeah. So I didn't know that, but he was citing this. That's interesting. So anyways, I, I gave a presentation on that. The second one I did was uh, colonialism in the gym. Like, you know, when you go to work out, because it's talk about, like, uh, there's behaviors that take place in the gym that kind of mimic colonialism, uh-huh. where you occupy space, you, uh-huh. you, s- you hoard resources, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just to kind of the way everybody you're like in a state of nature with the other people in the gym you have your headphones on and yeah. you, you know what i mean someone needs to do a feminist critique of the gym <laughs> yeah so oh, that must be done <laughs> that, that, that <laughs> must i can't imagine that not being out there you'd be surprised how what was little the third there one is i did was oh yeah political yeah, philosophy of of uh, spinoza i did oh. Six, oh. chapter 16 of of uh, the political uh, the theological political treatise did I broke it down. I did independent oh. study with Primus. Oh wow, yeah. On that, and then um. That's great. I just ordered a Spinoza book. I've never read before, um, but prof- one of my professors, or? the ethics, yeah, yeah. Um, recommend. Every time I walk out of office hours, my Amazon cart is like fourteen, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like. His ethics, I've heard, like are really cool, but we yeah. don't normally teach them here, do we? The formatting for the book is yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. I've, uh, she she goes over it in modern, okay. really briefly, and that's where I got interested in it mm. because I found that it um it really spoke to me. His concept of God oh, is yeah, really yeah, yeah. really different, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So he's a he's a pantheist, mm-hmm. and it's really interesting because from those those uh those proposals there, mm-hmm. you can you can do all kinds of stuff. It's like really cool. It is. And the last one I did was Taoism and Wing Chun Gong Fu. Yeah, you have been on the spicy range for topics. <laughs> yeah. Very creative. So yeah, so none of it. Because I, I, I needed that outlet or else. Yeah. Because this stuff right here is mind-numbing. Yeah. I had to find a way to uh, connect it with my actual life. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. That's, that's great, though. Yeah. I wish I could have listened to them. But I didn't know you. Yeah, yeah. Um... Our buddy, he was at the last one I did. No way. Yeah, no. yeah, that was an interesting conversation. He, no. Yeah, he yeah. spoke. It, well, we always we open it up for questions. I uh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes. I yeah. can only imagine. <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah, it I was I'm the only one who doesn't know who this person is. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think he did. Good. No, he transferred the same time we did, so he was in our groups. They, 
They, yeah, they. <laughs> they're in my reading group, and they have a persona they refuse to drop. And I'm uh. just like, I have to yell at them all the time. <laughs> I've realized they're trying to be Zarathustra. Really <laughs> Wait, you're in a reading group? Yeah, with, with them. The Nietzsche, oh my gosh, they're in my Nietzsche class. Yeah, and also, I know. Oh. And they, they gave a presentation. That's why I thought you gave a presentation. They gave a presentation on the last day. Mm-mm. And then they're writing their thesis on it. Oh, oh, oh. I remember that presentation. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it, it was, was... I'm sure it was absolutely wild. So yeah. much. Yeah. Oh, he, my gosh. Or they, they really think they're Zarathustra. And they won't admit it. And I'm like, I know what you're doing. I just read oh Zarathustra. God. I know you're obsessed with Nietzsche. Yeah. And the way you talk to people and you refuse to just be normal. Yeah. No, so I had them in my very, very, very first rhetoric class. Were they and always like this? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh. Hashtag it got worse. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Wait, do, does this person wear glasses? Yes. <laughs> I, so that year for Halloween, I was um, a narwhal, and I was wearing my onesie to class. You were a narwhal? I was. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I'm great. <laughs> and so I was wearing my onesie in class and everything, and that person decided it would be an appropriate time to make a wet joke. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but that person also consistently sat, like, four seats away from me every single lecture, and I would, like, protect myself with friends. <laughs> Otherwise. Because I think this person might have been in my GBO group. <laughs> oh. <laughs> This person is literally everywhere. If I if I said the name in their ear, would you know? We could do that afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, afterwards. yeah, yeah. Afterwards, let's look this person. That person, person is up, Socrates. Yeah. <laughs> but also Diogenes. Yeah. Like this I hybrid. Read him really badly. You should. They don't Diogenes? teach him. Yeah. He was cool. Didn't he spit in the face of the king or something? He's done a lot. He's really cool. <laughs> 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 so like. What can I do for you? Told Alexander Solomon, he said, you can get out of the sun. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't give any. He's a real winner. Yeah. I think that's basically his point. Like, all y'all have to do all these things, and I'm living my best. Yeah. And we're just like, uh, okay, <laughs> you do that. There. On that side of the room. Yeah. Um, that, that person, I think, a good embodiment of both. Yeah. Especially Socrates. And I'm not the biggest fan of Socrates. Mm. I have a sister mm-hmm. who's like Socrates all the time. All the time? She's like brilliant and sharp and didn't study rhetoric or philosophy. She's poly econ and art. Oh, nice. Um, so she's That's cool. she does her own thing. But she 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 is Socrates when I'm driving and she's in the, the, the seat next to me. She will... Yeah. Dinner's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. All the time. But she's brilliant. Sharp, very sharp. It's just, you know, sometimes sharp kind of hurts, but you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, she can cut. Yeah. She can cut. Yeah. Like a sashimi knife. That's cool. <laughs> no, she's cool. It's cool. I'm I'm more of like the all in good peace person. So I'm like nodding my head, yeah. silently disagreeing. Like, why are you doing this? And if she doesn't, uh, so she will take both sides of the argument sometimes as well. So she'll have her own dialogue, 
and um, she will arrive at a conclusion and that dichotomy will oblige themselves or whatever part of herself to whatever one and it's always fun to see her arrive at resolve because she'll just sit there and she'll like ha huh. <laughs> and I'm like oh, I'm bad <laughs> so bad <laughs> It's been pretty fun. Yes. Yes. So Noah was concerned we weren't going to have enough to talk about. I wasn't concerned. <laughs> I was just we can keep going. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I was, when no, people no. listen to this, they'll have a very good yeah. comparative understanding yeah. of no, philosophy yeah. and rhetoric yeah. now. Yeah. 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 Very diverse panels. Yeah. Huh? It was interesting to get 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 some feedback from you on some of that. Mm. Learn what it was we were missing out on. You miss out on a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I miss out on a lot, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially your courses that have just one theorist or philosopher. I think those would have been cool. We don't We don't generally have, like, a specialized one-one theorist course. Yeah. So the Nietzsche case is quite unusual. Yeah. It attracted a lot of characters. I'm a character. <laughs> no. I'm not a character. I'm not a character. Got it. <laughs> yeah. All right. You're a persona. I am a persona. Interesting. Ah. Multiplicities of persona. No? Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. I guess not. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just want to say uh, it's been the pleasure to do this podcast yeah. um hopefully could convince sarah to take it over next semester yeah <laughs> i will i just need to find co-hosts cool cool i mean they're, they're letting us use this the space every friday every well you have to look well, yeah. out the schedule oh. yeah I think we did yeah that. it doesn't have to be every like it could be any yeah it could be yeah, any time that works time. yeah because yeah. this was the time that worked for lois this is the chair. The chairs, yeah. So yeah. what well, was Hannah's, <laughs> and I think it's now going to be Nico's. Nico's. So, yeah. but we were mostly in contact with Nico anyway. So, yeah. These are nice mics. Yeah. Yeah. They they belong to the department. Yeah. So. Oh really? Yeah. 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 You don't have to buy any equipment. The equipment is here. I somehow convinced them. That <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we have a mixer too, but it doesn't, have <laughs> it doesn't have the adapt the right. Uh, yeah. I just don't have editing abilities like the guy. Well, I think um, make a friend. Right. Exactly. No. Make yeah. It's um. Do you have to give I her like know. passwords or whatnot to the to the SoundCloud and all that? Or the IP address. That's yeah. not difficult. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Um, I want to thank uh, Nicole. Thank you. Yeah. This this was a lot of more civil than I that I guess it could have been <laughs> when you consider the the long rivalry between our two disciplines. It'll be all about peace now, though. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, you have any last you. words, Noah? Been fun year or fun semester. <laughs> you know what? No, quietly, Noah's the guy who really got this thing started. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. We we just have these conversations before classes. We yeah. just had classes together all the time. And then one day he comes up to me and says, hey, man, let's do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's and cute. then uh, he convinced the department to get yeah. the equipment. Wow. Yeah. So this yeah. is really him. Nice. 
suckers, I got you.